Hello, this is Sherry Jarvis with Natural Spunk and Shine. Today, our topic is taking every thought captive because whatever you focus on, you will connect with. And when you connect with it, you it will make an activation. I want to start out by reading 2 Corinthians 10.5. In the New International Version, it says, We demolish arguments and every pretense that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Let me share from the Amplified Version. We are destroying sophisticated arguments and every exalted and proud thing that sets itself up against the true knowledge of God. And we take every thought and purpose captive to the obedience of Christ. We do have a chance to do something about all of our thoughts before they ever enter our heart and become a part of you. Proverbs 23, 7. Seven says, as a man thinketh, so is he. My pastor shared that story about an aircraft controller. And when we think of that scripture, take every thought captive, we can think of ourselves as air traffic controllers. You see, an air traffic controller has the power to tell all the planes in their airway where to go, where they can land, when they can take off, and what they can do, whether they can pull up to the concourse and let their passengers out or accept passengers, the air traffic controllers have control. And you have control of your thoughts. Let me share with you four steps that you can do to help to start to take your thoughts captive. And then we're going to go uh, give you some practical application as well. But the first step would be to think about what you think about. <laughs> because your thoughts or what you focus on are the catalyst that sets our course. So don't let your mind run rampant. The air traffic controllers don't let the planes just run rampant and go all over the place and fly wherever they want and land whenever they want and take off whenever they want. You have to start to recognize that every thought is not particularly true or good or worthy to be part of your soul, mind, and spirit. And so that brings us to step number two. We must capture it. In other words, our thoughts have to obey us, just like those planes in the airways must obey the air traffic controllers. You have control over your thoughts and they must obey you. Step number three would be to test the thoughts. And so the air traffic controllers test the flights, the planes, the airways to make sure that there isn't any obstructions or anything that would cause an accident, right? They test before they let they the um, the airlines, they the air the pilots, they test their planes before they take off in flight. Is everything working? So you must test your thoughts. And how do you test the thoughts? Philippians four eight 
look at that scripture and whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is pure, whatever is praiseworthy, whatever is right, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, whatever is excellent. These are the things, that's how you test your thoughts. If they don't match up to those standards, then I don't want them in my soul, in my emotions, in my spirit. They are not allowed to land on my runway. So that's number four. Number four is you got to decide. After you have captured it, you know it has to obey you, you test it. Is it a thought that I want to keep, that I want to focus on? Because whatever I focus on, I connect with. And whatever I connect with will activate in my life. So I have to decide, number four, do you want to keep it or do you want to throw it out? Do you want to send that plane flying right out of your airport, never to land there again? So thoughts are very powerful and they they're, they are the motivation behind every one of our actions. Sometimes we just need to say goodbye to the lie and hello to the truth. And I promise you, when you do that, it will be a game changer for you. So let me ask you a question. Have you ever sat down each day in a quiet place? to focus your heart and your thoughts upon the Lord Jesus. And you begin to picture, uh, frame a picture in your mind of him, in your imagination, in your sanctified imagination. And you just begin to converse with him. Well, let me tell you what happened to me when I did this. I discovered my mind was very undisciplined. <laughs> Most of us can only focus on one thing for only eight to 10 seconds. And then our mind goes off in another direction, someplace that you never intended it to go. So have you ever been listening to a sermon uh, or maybe you're listening to this right now and, and your thoughts distract you and you start thinking about dinner tonight or something you have to do today. You, you just change your thought pattern, right? Well, I learned through that scripture in 2 Corinthians 10.5 that I first shared with you that I had to become more disciplined. The Bible says we must cast down thoughts. So I actually grab my thoughts and I throw them down to the ground if they don't meet my standards. And then I get my focus back on Jesus. Now, at first, when I tried to do this, I was discouraged, but the Lord just kept encouraging me by reminding me that I had lived most of my life without disciplining my thought life. And so he said to me, don't worry, Sherry, you can't undo a, in a day what you've done for most of your life. It does take some practice. But I'm here to tell you, as I kept practicing this principle of what I focus on, I will connect with, and activation will take place, I discovered a bridge and the bridge from the natural realm to the spiritual supernatural realm is my sanctified imagination. I remembered when I was first a Christian and I would pick up the Bible to read immediately. I would fall asleep. <laughs> and then finally, after a couple of years, I realized it was the enemy who didn't want me to read the Bible. So I just said, devil, if you make me tired, I'm going to read another chapter. 
And if you continue to make me tired, I'm going to read the whole book. Amazingly, it stopped happening. And now I don't have that problem anymore. You see, you have to have some determination. And when I was filled with the Holy Spirit, all of a sudden, it was as if a light came on and the scriptures were filled with life and revelation. And I began to believe that anything was possible. If the Bible spoke about it, I wanted it. The stories started to spark a new zeal and imagination in me. And when I read about how Enoch in Genesis 5.24 walked so closely with God that he was taken to be with God, I thought, Lord, you're no respecter of persons. I just want to be like that. Wherever the line is, sign me up. And as I read each story in the Bible, I said, God, I want that. And I started to believe it. And I I began envisioning. Remember what you focus on. I began envisioning myself walking in the atmosphere of possibility. I didn't want to just know about God, but my passion and desire was to experience him, not just hear about God. Like I know who the president is. The president is Biden. But do I know him personally? No. All I know is about him, what someone else has told me. I have not experienced him. And unfortunately, there's a lot of people that know about God, but don't really know him. I tell you, my eyes have been opened and I have seen the Lord and I can never be satisfied with anything less than this type of face-to-face intimacy with him again, because I know him. And when you've tasted of the good things of the Lord, you're hungry and you get hungrier forever and ever. And the more you learn, the less you know that you know, and the hungrier you get. And the more I see, the more desperate I get to see more. So that's why I practice with fervency this principle of taking my thoughts captive because my thoughts can get so in the way of my ability to focus on the Lord and know him. I'm going to tell you this takes practice and it takes purposeful discipline. And I want to give you uh I already gave you some steps of how you can get through that purposeful discipline. But before we go any further, I want to share some lies that I know that a lot of you might believe in your thought life. And you let these thoughts come into your thought life because I know I did in the past. What kind of lies have you believed? One, you're not good enough. Two, No one wants you. Three, if you were skinny enough, you'd be worthwhile. Or you could put any other tall enough, whatever enough you want to put in there. Number four, you can't ask for help. You shouldn't need help. You should be able to do everything on your own and all at once. Ooh, ouch. (laughs) Number five. If you ask anything, you'll be a burden and they won't want you anymore. 
don't believe that lie. Six, when other people compliment you, they're just doing it because they're supposed to. They don't really mean it. Number seven, you've ruined your life and forfeited all of God's plans for you. Number eight, gals, don't believe this lie. Your husband doesn't want to be with you. You've ruined his life. Number nine, you're a terrible mother. You're a terrible daughter. You're a terrible wife. You're a terrible friend. And I'm speaking mainly to women because that's who my main ministry is to. But if you're a guy, if you think you're a terrible father, a terrible son, terrible husband, terrible friend, stop believing the lies. Number 10, if only I could do or have you fill in the blank, then I'd be happy. Then I'd be satisfied. I want to tell you right now, just because a thought pops into your head doesn't mean you have to believe it. You have the power to choose. Don't allow those thoughts to land. You are the traffic controller. You have the power to either let them land or tell them to fly off and go away from you. So friends, I encourage you, please pay attention to your inner monologue. How often do you worry? You need to start to learn to take every thought captive and turn the lies into truth. And here's the practical tip I wanted to share with you of how you do that. Say you believe that no one ever loves you. No one ever loved you. The truth is in John 3.16. You begin to decree, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And you are part of that world. God so loved the world. You start decreeing that scripture, that truth, to kill that lie. How about the lie? Resisting a sin is too hard. I just can't do it. You know, I can't quit gossiping. I can't quit drinking. I can't quit um, having uh, sex out of marriage. What, Whatever. I can't quit watching pornography. Whatever it is. Listen to this truth of Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. How about this lie? I've messed up too bad. I'm a failure. And you're living in guilt, shame, and condemnation. The truth is, no, in all things, you are more than a conqueror. You are not a failure. That's from Romans 8.37. In all things, you are more than a conqueror. You begin to proclaim the truth over your life. Speak it out loud. You must speak it out loud with authority until you believe. Because the air traffic controllers can't not speak out loud to the planes what to do. They have to declare it out loud over their radio, over their microphone. Let's say you're feeling judged. You're discouraged about your past mistakes. You feel that guilt, shame, and condemnation. Remember eight, Romans 8, 1. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And if you're not in Christ Jesus, then you should, you are feeling condemnation. But once you're in Christ Jesus, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. 
What if you struggle with temptations? We kind of talked about that one with sin, but whatever kind of temptation, here's another scripture you could use to defeat and have the victory. 1 Corinthians 10, 13. No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. And when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so you can endure it. Ooh, hallelujah. That's a great truth now. What if you're worried about your finances? You know, where the economy's not so good night right now. Repeat this after me. Philippians 4.19, my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. You might have to repeat that over and over to defeat that lie and that worry about your finances. Walking in faith. You need to walk in faith even when you don't feel like it. You need to decree these truths even when you don't feel like it. Because this doesn't over happen overnight. And guess what? It never stops. You're going to continue to take your thoughts captive and speak truth over your life all the days of your life. Because this is spiritual warfare and the enemy doesn't go down without a fight. But we must know, know this, that he has to bow to the word. All of these lies must bow to the word, exactly as all those planes must bow to the direction of the air traffic controller. So when we take our thoughts captive, we are taking hold of the victory. I want you to choose to say, God, I trust you when you're worried. Thank you for provision before your blessings even arrive. Say, I'm a child of God. I'm loved. I'm enough. Whenever you want to berate yourself and put yourself down. Sure, it's not easy at first. You are literally rewriting your brain neurological pathways. But I promise you, friend, the more you work at it, the more you work at taking your thoughts captive and changing your focus and keeping your focus on Jesus, the easier it will get. So here's an action step for you before I close it off for today. Take a journal or just a piece of paper, draw a line down the middle. On the left side, put the lies. I suggested some lies that people listen to. You have your own set of thoughts and lies that you listen to that are not good for you. Put those lies on the left side. Then use uh, Google, use Bible Gateway. I like Bible Gateway. And you can just put in a topic and um, there will be scriptures that come up that are truths to fight that lie. And then write those scriptures, those truths on the opposite side, on the right side of the line the truths from the word of God that will you will say to replace those lies. And the last thing I want you to do is take that piece of paper and share it with others because lies are like vampires. If you keep them hidden deep inside, they will flourish. But when you expose them to the light, they shrivel up and die fairly quickly. 
because an enemy exposed is an enemy defeated. So I pray that you will find an accountability partner, a mentor, your pastor, someone to share your piece of paper with. What lies have you been believing? And, you know, sometimes when you share those lies or even when you write them down on a piece of paper, you realize how ridiculous they sound. Or that person can help you work through and together come up with solutions and the truths in the word of God. And they will help hold you accountable to stop believing those lies and taking your thoughts captive. The truth is, friend, this is the truth. You are capable of choosing the thoughts that you take captive. You just have to decide that you want to do it. You just have to decide, do you want to take or do you want to wallow in those thoughts? And then when you follow through and begin on this journey of learning to take your thoughts captive, God will help you. So my question is, are you up for it? Thank you for listening today about focus and thoughts. Remember, what you focus on, what you think about, is what you will connect with. And what you connect with will be activated in your life. God bless. Hope you will join me again on Natural Spunk and Shine's podcasts.